Hey everyone, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. sweating to death yeah it's so hot <laughs> it's so oh yeah i'm totally hot man <laughs> i'm a dork <laughs> i was gonna do a thing and then i realized nobody can see me why am i doing that anyway it's, it's freaking hot it's like why do we live here i'm just sweating sweating all day and we have we got the ac guy coming again like ugh, it's just exhausting Oh, is your AC down or not working right? Or what's going on? It just like, um, like they need to fix a part, you know, and we were like Googling in it and they were right. So we really need to do it. But you know Aww. how expensive it is. It's like, we just paid the repair guy to come out here. It's like a hundred degrees every day here, every day. And then plus yeah. the humidity, it says it feels like 107, 110. And then, um, so we had some maintenance done. We always do right before it gets really, really hot. And we paid uh-huh. a chunk of money. And then there, something broke. And um, so now it's like $500, like more Damn. to fix it. It's like, oh, it sucks. So anyway, yeah, I'm just like sweating. Move already. It, God, get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Where, where do you all live out there? Because I'm going to go there if it's not hot. But then I hear everybody like complaining about the heat. So it's like, I don't think anybody lives where it's pleasant. I don't see anybody posting, oh, it's a lovely day. The breeze was coming in from the north. There's, you know, <laughs> It's because they, they don't have time to, it's because people who live in those nice places don't have time to tell us how, how nice it is. They're too busy enjoying that, that really nice weather, perfect weather, whatever, jealous over yeah. here. Cause it's I just, won't say uh, fuck y'all, but fuck y'all. <laughs> I like your shirt though. Your shirt is manifesting cooler weather. It's just chilling. Yes, chilling and killing. And yeah. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm not. I don't have no pants on. I'm here with my sister. Nobody can see me. It's fine because it's just too hot to wear clothes. Um, when you go outside here too, I love it because everybody embraces the fact that it's fucking hot. Nobody says shit. I swear, I saw a lady in her straight up underwear with a t-shirt walking around. And I was like, I know those are underwear, but I'm not going to give you shit or even say anything because it's hot. It's hot. Nobody like the dudes walk around, no shirt. And it's just like, we're, we're dying here. So everybody is like a, it's like a peaceful living in your underwear community. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So uh, today we're actually talking about the mummy. Speaking of hot weather, uh, the mummy 1932, uh, great movie. And I can't wait to just jump right into it. So let's go ahead and do it. The runtime for this movie um, is 73 minutes. So if you haven't seen it yet, you want to pause, go watch it real quick, come back, or just let yeah. us tell you all about it. Just let us tell you all about it. Just, just Yeah, it. it's it's super short. I'm sure you have seen it. Like, yeah. I, I th- this movie, I've definitely seen. And it, there's little markers in it that you remember, and, but it's 
it's so short, but there's a lot of story in it. Um, the story in this one, unlike most of the monster movies of that time, it's not based on a story or a book or anything like that. This one was just based on the, you know, the, they opened King Tut's tomb and that was like cool. And they thought of this. And so it's like, you know, that was like real life inspiration for this scary mummy movie. I love the makeup in it. I love the effects. Boris Karloff. Amazing. So, um, Oh, yeah. And usually you ask me some questions about it and I answer you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the taglines for this one, Alma, what were they? A love that defied time drives a beautiful girl to her doom! Exclamation point. And exclamation I like this one. <laughs> yeah. Exclamation, I love it when they use those. It, it comes to life in the strangest love triangle ever screamed. And so I bet that was really scandalous at the time. That, like that oh, was the tea. Yeah a love triangle and that drew in all like the romantics and mm-hmm. the and the chismosos and everybody who just wanted to see anything that was like scary and fun um but it was it was i love i love that idea of them trying to get people into the movies and you see all the great long taglines because they're trying to pull you in and sometimes they lie Sometimes they lie. Stuff doesn't creep and yeah. crawl all the time. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. But this one was a love triangle. So that, that one did ring true. Uh, director, writer, all that good stuff, Alma. Carl Frund uh, directed this. The screenplay was written by John L. Balderston and was adapted from a treatise written by Nina Wilcox Putnam and Richard Scheer. Cool. We got a woman in there. Um, Boris Karloff is returned as Imhotep. Well, he's not is returned. It's just that, you know, he did a lot of movies. And he also plays the other character, which we'll see in here, Ardeth Bay. Arthur Byron as Sir Joseph Wemple. David Manners as Frank Wemple. Edward Van Sloan as Dr. Mueller. Catherine Byron as Frau Mueller. Zita Johnson as Helen Grosvenor and now she is the main woman in the uh, movie but they put her low on here Leonard Muddy or Moody as Professor Pearson and James Crane as the Pharaoh so you found this on Prime I found this Mm -hmm. on Apple movies or whatever Um, we went through it the last time iTunes whatever I don't know what to call it (laughs) but that's where I found this one um uh, but it, yeah, it is on Prime. You still have to rent it. It's not for free if you have Prime subscription. Uh, I'm sure you can find it lots of other places. Uh, the summary for this one is a resurrected Egyptian mummy searches Cairo for the girl he believes to be his long lost princess. So there you have it. That's the movie. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Until thank next you. Week. <laughs> there was a mummy. <laughs> Okay. All right. So I, I, this is obviously a black and white movie. I'm sure there are colorized, there's a, there always has to be a colorized version of all these classics, right? I would think. Yeah, I think they try to do that. And I don't like it. I'm a, I'm a huge like fan of the black and white. This looks excellent in black and white. There's no need to colorize it. I think that they knew what it looked like. And then that helped them make the makeup for the mummy and all the wrappings that are on him and the way that they made uh, uh, the mummy's face look like dehydrated, you know, like all like, what's that word? Desiccated? Like, yes. Okay. So that's what he looked like. And I think that is what looks peak because of the black and white and the makeup, I think holds up. I think he looks really, really cool. 
So the movie opens up with um, in 1921, 21, uh, archaeological expedition um, is they find a mummy called Imhotep. And this is supposed to be the or mirror the uh, King Tut um, excavation, 1921. Um, and it's so funny because they have these two characters. They have the, uh, I guess, the main big guy. Um, and then they have a, um, a student. But they keep calling him boy. But he's like a grown-ass man. It's like... I, I think people had I to be that cool was with... Yeah, that they use those terms because it's just like they're a subtle way of putting people in their place. You well, know, it was it was Kid just weird though boy. calling him boy. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's like, like it, it's like a neg. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was like, weird. I don't know. It's like it's I don't know. It's like their way of putting you know putting someone down, but not. I, it just has to be. We're talking about grown people here. But yeah, so they they found this. They found this mummy. They found this 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 box with something in it they they're all talking about it and everything they're excited about it but this I, I i mentioned the boy because he's a man i'm not i'm, I'm gonna keep calling him boy though but just know he's a man they uh, he's he's he wants to open up the box and he wants to get into it and figure out what's in there and it's just like dude you, just calm the fuck down just wait wait your turn you're gonna get to it eventually um they start examining the mummy they find that the mummy was actually mummified alive just by a few little things that they can look at it. And then um, and then these two main excavator doctor dudes, Alma knows all their names, um, go to go talk outside for a little bit and leave the boy, grown ass Perfect. man, yes, they <laughs> inside. Leave, they leave him behind so he can do his um, bad things. The, 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 well, the rules, he they, breaks so many. He breaks so yeah. many rules. And he said, they specifically said, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna open it up together. You know, don't worry about it. But he's sitting there for like maybe 30 seconds before he can't wait any longer. And he opens it up and he starts reading from the scroll. It's like, dude, what the fuck? It just, he wasn't waiting very long at all. No, he didn't. He just did it. It's almost like he was, maybe he was pulled into doing it. But the thing here is that one professor and then the other guy, one of them wants to, I just, you know, I, I read into it. You know what I mean? One of them says, don't read it. Don't look into it. Put it back where it came from. This is obviously cursed or Mm -hmm. something. And then the other guy is like, but this is a major feat of science and history. We must get into it. So he he wants to talk to him. Like, I guess he wants to coerce him into um, opening it. But it's too late anyway. That's why I think they made a young man be the one who is going to be alone with it. Because perhaps they're impulsive. Or yeah. there's some sort of magic that's pulling him into it. And I read into that because I felt like, why else would you not do that? Aren't you afraid of getting fired? Didn't the dude said, wait a second, your boss wants to open it and therefore you're going to open it. So why would he go jump at the chance when nobody was looking to do it immediately? And then when he does it, you know, we see our mummy in the background kind of move a little bit all you see is his eyes open which i love that because they're using the implied you know that he's getting up you know he's come to life and he goes like you know quotation marks mad and the boy (laughs) starts screaming and laughing hysterically and that's what what happens because he sees 
that mummy come to life and move. And I'm like, that's a realistic reaction. If you saw yeah. something, at you run or you just lose your mind because it's like this thing is moving in front of you that shouldn't be. So this was in 1921. And um, oh, and the mummy steals the scroll that was inside that little box. So he takes off with the scroll. And then we just fast forward to 10, 11 years later, I think it is. Um, 1932. Is that right? Okay, yeah. Um, and we're at another dig. So we just kind of gloss over all that real quick. And we find mm -hmm. out that we find out that the all we find out is that the mummy had disappeared. And that that young man who went mad, died of his madness. <gasps> he did? He died? <laughs> they I said didn't that. that. They said oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so sad. That's so yeah. sad. Look, I'm, I'm learning about this for the first time. I've seen this movie like three times now. <laughs> but yeah, they said that in the movie. I'm like, oh my God, he 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 dies still laughing in his in his straight jacket, is what they said. <gasps> so I'm like, that's so that's so sad. So uh the scroll, the scroll is missing. The mummy's missing. Um, that's all we know. And now, you know, in 1932, we're here at a new dig and they're looking for something. They're ready to wrap it up because they're not finding anything um, at all that, 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 that they were expecting a fine, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're just, they're just done. So the guy that's doing heading this dig is the son of the guy who did the first dig where the mummy went missing. And, um, so yeah, so there, there's a relation there and, um, suddenly there is this guy that walks in from where did he walk in from? Who knows? He just yes. wanders onto the place and he's like, Hey, you guys, I have a, I have a tip for y'all of where you can find something. And he has these like broken, uh, tablets or he has something with him like that has that's proof of like of of a potential dig and he's like here I found this and I'll show you where I got it so that you can you know dig up something new so they're like ooh exciting interesting so they go over and they end up unearthing a new a new find I mean obviously they didn't do it right away I mean it took a while mm -hmm. but um after all that they end up finding um, and I forget how to pronounce her name. So Alma will say it here in a little bit. Oh, but, sure. Uh, uh, throws it on. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it. Ank Asen Amun. Ank Asen Amun. That's right. Ank Asen Amun. You're right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Ank Asen Amun. I'm, I'm really bad, obviously, with Egypt, uh, Egyptian names and Egyptology and stuff like that. I just, I can mm -hmm. read it in my brain, but saying it out loud. Yeah. I hope that. When people see the the movie, they could let us know because um, I know they're using a bunch of white actors to play people. Oh yeah, in in Egypt and and things like that. But the one thing I thought was very interesting is the way that Boris Karloff is speaking. It's almost an imaginary accent that you just can't pinpoint like what he yeah. who he is or where he's from. To uh -huh. me. So I hope that he it, he wasn't doing some sort of, and I don't think that was the point. Like, you know, when that sometimes they had people like Mickey Rooney doing awful impersonations yeah, yeah. of other people. No, yeah, I, I get hope it. that I don't think that this was supposed to be done in any type of funny way or anything like that. No. But I thought that that was very interesting because I'm like, what is he supposed to sound like? 
he's just kind of stately. Um, he has a presence to him. And I really like the way he is in this movie because we can see him for once and mostly what he looks like, you know. And um, I, I think they colored some people in the movie, but I couldn't really like focus really? on I can't it. tell. I can't tell. It, I know they had because of the black and white. Black, well, I know they have black actors in this and stuff. Yes, they did. Um, they did. Um, I just can't they, tell because it because it's it's black and white. I mean, it's black and white. Know, and even, they were in even the background. Boris Karloff has a tan, so I can't even uh -huh. tell. Exactly. Um, so I don't know if he was painted or what or anything like that. But you know, obviously, I don't even know. I um I did look it up at the time, but I don't remember anymore where it was set. But I'm pretty sure it's in a a lot in you know, oh, yeah. America. And so oh, yeah. with this one, though, I really I did like his character, because he's supposed to be mysterious. And I also think that if he was trying to be of a certain nationality, he's trying to hide that because he has assimilated into the um, local environment. You know what I mean? He has assumed a whole new identity, that he is an Egyptologist or um, like a historian of Egypt. And so that is his background. But but he like made that up. He, he made it up. And yep. he comes to them and he has money too, though, because didn't he uh, tell them where to dig and supply them with stuff because they thank him for the information and for being able to do the dig? I thought they just thanked him because he gave them the tip of where it was. Oh, I could okay. be wrong, I was, though. I wasn't sure, but they were very, very um, like gracious to him and oh well, yeah it was a it was a find it was a an huge intact, fight it was exactly. an intact intact what's the word i'm looking for um um non-scavenged there's a word that they use for when oh, they yes. haven't they haven't plumaged it you know because people um, did fucked up stuff to yep. mummies back in the day people were eating the mummies people were using them for paints for supplies, selling them, they would they would steal everything from there. Uh, they would sell the bodies off. It's really quite sad. So in this case, it was like an untouched um, tomb that they were able to find this woman, and they were very thankful for it because obviously they had found a mummy before and it disappeared. And then they're just fine with that. I wonder if they even investigated like where did that mummy go? Like I guess it was just common too for for people to steal. Mummies. Steal, yeah, that's what they probably just thought that it was stolen. So if it if it isn't obvious now, Emotep, the mummy that was uh, that was unearthed in the beginning of the movie and disappeared, is now the new uh, Ardith Bay. Ardith Bay is the one who gave them the tip of where this uh, tomb was. So Ar so instead of saying Emotep, we're going to just start going, calling him Ardith Bay because that's what he. That's the name he's chosen for himself in this new society. So, <laughs> um, and uh, so and that's an yeah. acronym. That's an acronym. Yes. And I just mm -hmm. can never remember what it is because it's something with raw, correct? Yes. But I don't I cannot, remember. I can't remember it either. We'll, we'll figure we'll it out here. It. I think, mm -hmm. I think it has death in it, if I remember correctly. But oh, I can't death remember. by raw. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. See, it's an omen. They're missing all of these key things. So they've, they're reading shit. They're touching shit they shouldn't. Also, like, please, this is why I want to be cremated. Don't be digging up people's, like, graves and just, like, playing with their bodies and shit. Does anybody else think that's weird? That was weird, right? I mean, I can understand yeah. unearthing a tomb so that people can see it. 
because a lot of that was buried under sand and stone and all kinds of things over the centuries. But the fact that they unearthed them and then took the bodies out and did stuff to them, weird shit. It really is weird. None of it's like normal. (laughs) Why are we doing that? None of it is okay in my opinion. And so, um, okay, so they have her and they're reading more about her story, correct? Because they do know who she is. Aksanaman. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right now? I already forgot. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever did you ever watch the the uh the Brendan Fraser mummy? Oh, of course. We watch it all the time. We oh watch my it god. Lot. So that's that's a remake. That's Fraser a remake mummy. of <laughs> yeah, that's a remake of this one. Um uh-huh. it's obviously in a in a different vein, but it's still it's mm-hmm. still a remake. It's the same studio, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of basic characters they have Ardith Bay but in Ardith Bay in the Brendan Fraser one I like how I call it the Brendan Fraser one um, yes. is uh Ardith Bay is a caretaker if I remember correctly caretaker or something like that he's a protector or a caretaker of the of the of the land or the mummies mm-hmm. or something like that he's a good guy is what I'm trying to say so not saying that this guy's a bad guy or anything I'm not giving anything away not at, not, not at all no <laughs> So after they they locate the tube, they present the treasures to the Cairo Museum, after which Bay, Ardith Bay, disappears again. Bay soon encounters the woman, Helen Grossvener, and they bring it up and they they do have a discussion with her. Somebody else does and Mm -hmm. states that she is half Egyptian. So she bears a striking resemblance to a princess who... um, looks familiar to Ardith Bay, who is yeah. really Imhotep. Yeah. Imhotep, Ardith Bay. Okay. So, and I already forgot her name. Anxanaman is... Helen. Uh, Helen. Okay. So she Helen. has a very regular name, Helen. Yes. So Helen. Uh, Helen is... Uh, she's in Egypt and she's longing the days of... I, 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 I only bring this up because it comes into play kind of like with her character. She's sitting there and she's longing for the days of, of yore, of the old Egyptian <laughs> way. Yeah, because she's sitting there. And she's she like, is. She, she she's really wants it to out. be like, yeah. And it looked and like a wa- beautiful view, but she wasn't it impressed. Uh-huh. She wasn't because she wanted because it was still too modern. There was a, too much modernness going on around her. And she's longing for, for the olden days of old Egypt. And you're, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, wow, she must be really obsessed with Egyptology. But no, it's because, you know, she's Egyptian and, and or half Egyptian and she may or may not be related somehow to Aksanaman. Um, mm-hmm. There was a scenes cut out of this movie where they show her uh, reincarnation through the times um, uh, from like Roman through middle. That would have been so cool. Yeah, they they cut that out though. Um, I don't remember what the reasoning was for it, but um, I guess she was she was kind of uh, she was annoyed the actress by that because she felt like it gave a pretty good background to her story, and I I believe so. I think so too. I think it would have made more sense to keep it in, and also because the actress herself believed in reincarnation, so um, I I think she disliked the idea of it being in the movie as well as as far think- as also lending to her character. Yes, it, it's something that I think would have been, um, it would have been great to preserve and have it in it now. I didn't get to see it and I haven't seen it. I don't even know if it is um, somewhere for people to view. But it, it's interesting because I think a lot of times producers could just like cut it 
it's too long. Um, that's too much for the audience. This was one of the pre-code movies um, in pre-code Hollywood. So I think that had a lot of bearing on what they cut. But that scene, I read about it and it described it. And it seemed very like, it, it seemed like it would have been a beautiful kind of thing to add to the movie. The story in it, it reads almost like you're reading a book. Reads almost, you know what I mean, people. It's like a great story. I would read this novel. This sounds, um, it's very evenly paced. And the way that they're describing everything is a great story. Um, the background that they're giving, I think any extra scenes they would have added, I think would have been great as well. But it's probably just because of the time. And we're thinking about it's 1932. That's almost 100 years ago. And it was set over 100 years ago. You know, when the, the, the story idea came about. And so the resurrection idea, I I think that's one of the things that I, I think I could be down with. I love the idea of re reincarnation. I hope that's something that's real. But then sometimes I'm like, ooh, but what if I'm really bad and I come back as something bad? I try to be good, but you know, like I do have a lot of evil thoughts. You know, I try to be good. <laughs> I, I try to be good. But the other night I was like, I don't think I'm nice. <laughs> I do wish harm upon people sometimes. <laughs> well, I think here, here's my thing. I think it depends on it. it it's everybody thinks not nice things. Um, it's what you do with those thoughts. It's your actions that at the end of the day is what matters most. So Alma, if you're not, if you're not following through on your devilish plans, then, you know, that's good. That's that's what matters. Huh? Well, I was this close to posting a picture of my little gummies and saying, eat a bag of dicks. And it's a bag of sour gummies in the shape of little penises. And because I was really annoyed at something. <laughs> and Delia says, you can get your little bag of sour gummies and throw them at people when, um, you know, when they're annoying you and tell them. I'll show you later. That would waste them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll eat some first. But then I would throw one at you. But then I'm like sharing, sharing. You're sharing. sharing. So see, you're sharing. <laughs> but that's a good thing. Um, okay. So that night when she's looking out over longingly over over Egypt, obviously not the entirety of the country, but she's looking over just pining for the days of yore. Um, she, I think she suddenly gets an urge to like just get up and go and go to wherever the Anxanaman uh, um, tomb was being displayed or whatever. So mm -hmm. she just... So she's she gets pulled in with that magic, just like I feel yeah. like the other guy was. And Imhotep is reading from the squirrel in front of that, po that pool. Um, oh, right? yeah, that magical it's like pool, a, yeah. That's pretty cool. He has something and he it's almost like he's using it as a looking glass to see where she is, maybe. And mm. that spell, that magic that he is doing is pulling that her, but magic. she has no idea why. So maybe if we had seen that resurrected scene, but we don't know that exists for us, the viewer, it just seems like he's calling out to her because she bears some sort of vague resemblance. But with that cut scene, you are knowing that she is actually the reincarnated um you know, ex woman of his, what do you call her? Like ex lover, because she was yeah. a married woman. She was in the day. She was, yeah. And, and he wasn't even, he was a priest, if I remember correctly. Um, oh, my doggy wants to go outside. I may have to let him out here in a little bit. Um, but so she goes over and she ends up fainting at the door. And that's so important because that's when we can, 
when we have the introduction or the reintroduction of the of another of the other part of the triangle of the love triangle alma can you tell us a little bit more about him Yes, this is Frank. He was the son of Sir Joseph Wimple. So I guess he has like a, like when they're sirs, I guess that's a, their, their title that they're appointed to. So he's like an important person. And Frank is seeing this woman for the first time. And so Helen, he meets her and they start talking and they're not just talking. They're like close talking. I think that's how people did it back in the day. They looked at each other really close. You know, they get really close in each other's faces. And that's like first base. And then second base is he's sitting on the couch next to her. (laughs) And he looked at her ankle. I know he did. He looked at one or two ankles (laughs) at part of her collarbones. (laughs) She has big, beautiful eyes, though. I I love I love this actress. She kind of has like this really great stage appearance. And her eyes are kind of like sometimes looking wild and lost and other times um, just kind of inquisitive and listening to everything that Frank is saying, there's a bond there. Like they're instantly attracted to each other. And he's like, he's in love because back then, you know, you meet somebody five minutes later, you're in love. It's as you're going to be SOL when you find out that they do all kinds of disgusting things later, but that's, you know, how people did it back in the day. So well, anyway. they already start, they already start talking about, she says something like make love to me. Well, she didn't say make love to me, but she says, what do you expect to just make love to me or something like that? And it's just like, it, it's all happening so quick. It's like, damn, mm-hmm. but you're right. It's like, it's, it's, you move fast back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So th- th- this this is nice, though, because you could see that there's an actual real attraction between them two versus um, some kind of uh, spell. Yeah, Who because he is he's yeah. putting her under a spell or trying to at least um, yeah. make her recall those ancient memories because yeah. he is instantly in love with her. Um, in, um, Ardeth, that is, Imhotep. And Frank is growing to love this woman. And so there we have our our awesome love triangle. And he's going to be reading from his scroll. And the very interesting thing I love about this movie is there's no gas lighting in it. Okay. These people all believe in the resurrection. They believe that as they're uncovering the story of Imhotep and how he was um, mummified or imprisoned kind of, you know, without being mummified is all true. Like the curse that they read, true, everything. And she is being pulled and she tells him and the other, and somebody else I forgot, but when she's telling all these things about how she's feeling, nobody says you're making it up. They're like, let's investigate the person who told us to find this tomb because that is weird. He just told us where it is. He he gave us some longitude and latitude. And here we find this this tomb. So then they get curious about him instead of telling this woman, no, it's all in your head. So I appreciate that. That's really cool. Even though it has like the old tropes of reading shit you're not supposed to, touching shit you're not supposed to, they believe her in this case. And they soon figure out that Ardeth Bay is in fact Emotep. So and they and they do come to that conclusion as well. Even though it's kind of hard for them to believe, yeah, they're like that's that's the logical, that's the logical conclusion there. Um, so she's being looked after because she obviously they're realizing right away that she has this pull from him somehow. Um, and they also see that uh, what you call him, Henry. 
Oh, Frank? The Frank. Why did I call him Henry? The, the love interest? Uh, because yes, it's kind of Frank. a plain name. It's a plain name. You know? <laughs> Frank, uh, Frank is also, you know, he's all he's all into, you know, protecting her and everything, which is which is lovely. Um, the other person that's uh it's it's the it's the dad. It's oh, his yes, dad. dad. Yeah, it's, it's dad. his dad and the dad's old partner from the old dig. Um, mm-hmm. the one that was the occultist. And so mm-hmm. that's how they Ooh, they're figuring all job. this. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they're figuring it out, all this stuff. Um, unfortunately, though, um, they they're trying to get their hands on this scroll. They're trying to keep it within them so that so that Arleth Bay doesn't get a hold of it anymore. Um, I don't remember how they actually got a hold of the scroll. Um, it, it there had been a death at the oh. at the museum and because and Arleth Bay had left it there. Yeah, he's been he he killed somebody already, like yeah. via his mind powers or yeah. the spell that he's doing. But it's all magic yeah. that comes from that scroll. He has to read yeah. from it, and yeah. so they get it. And when the father tries to burn it to save the yeah. woman, he's yeah. also killed. And this yeah, is why probably. I forgot that that was his dad because he didn't seem too torn up about it. He did. He did not. He he did for a second, like because the next day they talk about how uh, he he's he's standing there and they're talking about the very matter of fact that his his dad has had died and how he died, and then they say, oh well, we got to go take care of uh, Helen. Her name's Helen, right? Uh, we got to go take care of Helen, and and he's like, well, oh, I can't think of a thing like that at a time like this. So he does acknowledge that it's not appropriate for him to still be tr- pining after Helen. But then he, they say something like, well, we got to go save her life. He's like, oh, okay. All right, let's go. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, okay. So they, they, dad is dead, but we still have to continue on with trying to save Helen from the pool of Emotep. So, um, and now the scroll is missing again. They don't, they no longer have the scroll. They had it before dad was supposed to burn it. He didn't get to burn it. He died. And now they're going after, uh, they're going after Emotep. They're going after, uh, to save Helen. They're going after the scroll because they, they feel like they have to destroy the scroll in order to, um, I don't know, make everything right. <laughs> Cause this, uh-huh. this scroll seems to be where Emotep seems to be drawing his, his powers from. Mm-hmm. Um, so he needs he needs it back. He needs it back, but he still has some kind of magic because he has an actual they ha- he has a slave. And it's like, what? You know, um, I'm like, I don't know how long ago I was thinking like 1932 didn't seem like like that long ago, but he does. And he has this man do his bidding and he steals the scroll back which helps him use his magic to get Helen to come back to him. Now, when Helen comes to Imhotep, he tells her through that, that pool that he has in front of him, he's going to bring some memories back to her. And he tells her the story of how it was that he was punished with death for his sacrilege. And I think you're right because I think he was a priest, even though it really doesn't like dwell on that. Um, What happened was his lover was the it was a forbidden love of princess of Anxenomen. I think I did that pretty good. Okay. Anxenomen, so yeah. They had a forbidden love 
And when he tried to resurrect her, that was sacrilege. They were like, no, you can't do that. And so they punished him by wrapping him alive and putting him inside an unmarked, unnamed tomb. So they took all the markers off of it. And basically, I guess he just suffocated to death inside of it. They didn't like in the in the newer version with Brendan Fraser, um, like mummify him alive. No, they just wrapped the dude up and put him inside this tomb. And so she is getting all these memories back and recalling them, but those aren't her memories. She's like a new person and she's fighting this and it's kind of strange to her. But at the same time, she can't really because he is using all of his power from the scrolls to get her to accept this. Now, what she has to do to accept it is die. (laughs) She thought the part that is like, you know, can he do some sort of different magic where just like swaps? No, he needs her to be killed and then he needs to resurrect her so that the original soul of his lover will return to the body and that he can have his love back. That's very romantic. And mummify her and mummify her. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he needs to mummify her. That's the fucked up part. It's not just, oh, it's it's going to be nice and peaceful. You know, just close your eyes. You're going to open them up again. And then, you know, you'll be your old self again. No, we're going to have to put you some some really bad, torturous stuff. And then you get to be your old self again. She's like, she's like, that's where she sees like, yeah, no, this isn't happening. I do not like the sound of that at all. That's not happening. Um and and she does. She starts asking for forgiveness from the gods. She's just like, you know, forgive me for this, uh, for this sacrilege, for all of this. And and it's so sad because she, you saw that in the beginning how she probably did love him, but then when she realizes that he's just like he's just doing his own shit now. He doesn't care about anything. She's just like, okay, yeah, this is this is fucked up. But she doesn't go along with it, which I really really appreciate that the character that they made this character not go along with it, even though mm-hmm. it, it was supposed to be at this point, it was supposed to be Oxenamen that was uh, present during all of this. Mm-hmm. And she does ask for, for forgiveness because she realizes that the relationship she had was, wasn't cool. because <laughs> She was yeah. married. And so that's Isis is the um, statue that's there at the foot of her tomb, who she begs and prays to for help. Because, and it's, it is really sad. That's why I like the story of it. It is a kind of romantic story. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I think she's romantic towards any of the two. I think that it um, has more to do with her personality, that she realizes her mistakes. She begs for forgiveness and she asks for help. And she's going on about, I'm too young to be dead. And I'm too young and she doesn't want this. Like she could actually take over this woman's body and have a new life, but she knows that isn't fair as well. And so that's why I think that's really like a beautiful story that she could have just accepted the fate, but she doesn't, she fights it. And Isis statue moves its arm just as uh, Frank and Mueller, the other guy show up because they know they have to burn that scroll. And that statue moves its arm and basically sets that scroll on fire. Yep. Fire, fire, fire. There's a fire. And that's that's where we said he was getting all his, or the majority of his power from. And now that the scroll's gone, I mean, Imhotep is basically nothing now. And he crumbles to dust. Into dust. dust. 
Dust to dust, ass to ashes, dust to dust. It sounded like you said ass to ashes. Oh, because I was thinking of um, guns, uh, young guns. Remember when (laughs) Charlie Sheen is reading at the funeral, ash to ashes, dust to dust, (laughs) (laughs) and the lisp thing comes out, and um, and so I was just thinking of that right then. And so anyway, sorry, Um, but you know, so he turns. He turns to dust and everything, but the whole, I love all the implied things that happen during the movie, because when he comes back to life, he's all like rehydrated. How is he doing that? Um, he's killing people. How's he doing that? I think it's a good, a good horror story from that time. And I think that they did it. They did it good. I really am liking watching these, these movies and what they use for effects and stuff. And I know he has a lot of makeup on and at one point they do have him in a like, well, it's like a wooden mask. I'm not sure if they're using it on Boris Karloff or are they using it on its own, but he does. And that is, um, yeah, it looks really good. His face and the wrinkles, the bandages that are wrapped around him and everything. Those are really good. Those are really good. And it's a technically a really low budget movie too. Yeah. So what was the budget for this movie? Do you remember? 196,000 olden times money. Which is like today's money. <laughs> 4.4 million dollars. That's wow. that's just pennies in the bucket, you know that expression. That that's it. It sounds right, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, pennies right. in the jar, you know. It's nothing for real. I think you know people apparently that's a really low budget, but back then it was pretty low budget. And so I think for this, this movie, I think, yeah. Uh, the only thing about the ending of this movie is uh, these movies always end up so abruptly. They just end. It's like whatever the climax is, it ends. Um, so like we said, uh, Emotep turns to dust and then uh, Frank and Dr. Mueller come over to uh, Helen and she had just kind of been dazed there or had fainted. I can't remember which one. And they start bringing her back, like trying to, you know, bring her back. And we don't actually know when she wakes up, is she going to be Helen or is she going to be uh, a Noxanaman? That's, that's just the interesting part right there. We don't know, but I guess we're supposed to assume that it's Helen that comes back. Um, even though they don't really tell us anything, it just ends. <laughs> or is it? Dun, dun, dun. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to believe that it was, it was her because the other woman was like, you know, this isn't my time anymore. I think she was very mature for like a spirit. Okay. Yeah. She was like, you know, um, this isn't my time, dude. This is my time. It's, this isn't my life. And then they move on happily and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what they do. So, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> gosh, this was a, <laughs> this was kind of a quick discussion, but it was really good. I still think mm. it's because it's one of those movies. You, I think you it's, it's still watch it. If you haven't watched it, I'm sure y'all have watched it before. Even if you think y'all haven't watched it, you probably have watched it. It's mm. uh, we've seen so many, you've seen so many clips of it and everything. Just watch it on prime. Like we said, or Apple iTunes, whatever the hell Dahlia thinks it's called. <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and just enjoy it because it's a, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I, I've I been enjoying, like I said, these old black and white movies. I, I used to watch them back in the day, back in the days of mm-hmm. my own yore, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it was on TV and there was nothing else on. And I don't think I truly appreciated it um, until I think now as we're rewatching all these movies, because... Um, you know, these were these were either whether they were a sci-fi or whether horror movies at the time. Um, 
yeah, compared to our horror movies today, they may not seem like, oh, like true horror movies. But think about it. This is what this is what people had at the time. This is what if you weren't seeing things like if you're watching this mummy or uh, 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 what, what were the what was the ones we watched? the past few weeks um uh, the pod like people, cat people and, uh cat uh, all of those things the thing from another um, world uh-huh. yeah those that that's all that's all scary because you hadn't seen anything it was all just in your imagination you're finally getting to see it on screen it's so so that's how i try to put myself back when i watch these movies i try to put myself instead of saying comparing mm-hmm. it to something i've watched today i try to put myself back in that day that time period and be like okay i'm watching something for the first time I've never watched anything like this. And I think that's where the true appreciation comes from. And I'm really, really enjoying watching all these movies. So I'm glad that we're doing these movies. That is really good. Because I was going to ask you, how would you sell these movies to people now? Because uh, what Dahlia said, it really sums it up. I I feel like when I watched these and younger, and we had already been seeing things like Return of the Living Dead and Aliens, and yeah. you already have the thing and everything and the remakes of most of these films, yeah. you don't maybe because you weren't a knot of that time, you don't have an appreciation for it. You need a more mature eye. Sometimes you really do need to be like in the right mindset for watching some of these. Mm-hmm. And the greatest takeaway from this is I've been talking about it with people to, to get to watch these films is that they are a horror roots. These are the roots of everything. You don't start off with the best, um, makeup and special effects, cinematography, all the way these people shot the movies, sound design. One thing I'm going to bring up about the sound design for this one is I I heard it better uh, because, you know, I I don't have very good hearing, but I was able to listen to this one and the background music. And in the intro, it has uh, some music from Swan Lake, which is very notable music. And all of the things that they, they got to work in moving parts and create it's something that is the, they're the building stones, they're the blocks for what we have now. And so now with my way mature eye, even though I was talking about a bag of dicks earlier, um, is that <laughs> I have like a newfound appreciation for it. I can see those things and they are like, they're really amazing. And this story, this one, because it was like an original concept idea is was really great. And then you they, they spun this off into different kinds of remakes. And then we wouldn't have Brendan Fraser kicking ass and taking me in the middle of the desert. So, you know, I appreciate these movies so much more now as like an older, old head. <laughs> yeah. So go rewatch it if you haven't watched it in a while. Go watch it for the first time if you haven't watched it. Um, the Mummy. Uh, and uh, all right, Alma, so where can people find us on the interweb so they can tell us uh, what they thought of this movie? All right, you can go to our website, nightmaremoviepodcast.com. We have a Twitter still, still dying over there, but you know, <laughs> uh, we have one at Nightmare on 5th, Nightmare on 5th. Our Instagram is at Nightmare Movie Podcast. We also have a TikTok, Nightmare on 5th. I've been making videos over there trying to get um, give people heads up of what's coming out, what we've done on the past podcast, specifically this season, so that you know what movies we're watching beforehand. And um, we have horrormovieblog.com as well. And we use the Twitter at horrormovieblog. Dahlia has our Patreon and buy me a coffee information. 
And it's just a two-woman show over here. Uh, so if y'all feel like if you're able to support us, we are patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast. Or we also have a buy me a coffee for that one-time donation, which is buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. And however you choose to support us, we really, truly appreciate it. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. And until next week, bye. Bye-bye.